Hey guys, welcome back to the NRL Dom Podcast. Pretty special one today. A lot of you will be drafting this weekend, if not already have done so. And if you're not drafting this weekend, I honestly do not know when you're drafting or if this podcast will mean anything to you. (laughs) But listen, what I thought I'd do today is to run you guys through what happened with my draft that I did earlier this week. I have my home league I'm drafting this weekend, and I have another draft I'm drafting on the Sunday. However, I did get into a draft... Uh, with the, it's called the Legends League. Um, don't don't know who came up with the name. Uh, <laughs> nah, I kid, I kid, I kid. There's there's a couple guys in there. Weekly rubdown, Headbin, Three Wise Draftman, uh, Wilson Smith. Pretty much everyone that's ever been on the podcast is in this bloody draft league. So there's some heavy hitters in there. I just thought I'd run through with you guys, kind of how I did and what kind of draft strategy I had, because really I can't give you guys much more now. Yeah. <laughs> We're at the last minute tip stage. If you go to my Instagram right now, live should be my top 60. Uh, I did the top 60 players for you guys to look at. You can take that into your drafts. But we need to talk about how you're going to attack this thing tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're doing it. Because as we go through this team that I've drafted, there's a few things that you need to think about as you're going through your draft. But first and foremost... I'm going to run through the first round for you where we'll find our first little nugget of information that I can give you, boys. So it went Turbo, Cleary, Teddy, and then at number four, something crazy happened. Cody Walker went off the board. Now, I was picking at five. Cody Walker was not my fifth option. (laughs) He was not the guy I thought I was going to be taking at five. So to see him go before me stunned me for a second before I go, okay, well, Ryan Pappenhausen comes off the board and goes to me. But this is what's important. Last year, I was in a draft, and the guy picking seventh saw his guy vanish before him, and it threw his whole draft out. And what had happened was someone like Damian Cook fell to him, but really, there was other guys still left on the board that he could have got that he already said in his mind that he's no chance of being able to grab. So what's important is to just write down every name that you can write down, okay? So a lot of guys will be like, oh, I'm not going to get Pappy at five, so I'm not even going to think about writing him down, and it sounds silly. Because everyone knows who Ryan Pappenhausen is. But then when you get further into the draft, the names like Payne Haas might drop. Names like Reed Marnie might drop. And if you just go, nah, he's going to go there. I'm not going to grab him. I'm not even going to think about him. That's when you can miss some good value. Um, but I picked up Ryan Pappenhausen there. Then we went Latrell Mitchell, Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, Dave Fafita. And then at 10, Angus Crichton, which I thought was a bit of a reach. But it was Wilson Smith that grabbed him, the guy that runs the bloody whole thing. So, I mean, there might be some value there. And then Clint Gutherson went 11. I'm not going to run through the whole draft, but I'll, I'll get the first three rounds for you boys so you can kind of see how these guys picked. So into the second round, Gutho went, Nico Hines went to the rubdown <laughs> because, of course, he did. Then Bizza went to the playbook. Cherry Evans went, Ruben Garrick went, and then I'm sat there, I'm looking at Jerome Hughes, Reed Marnie, maybe a Matt Burton, but I take my guy, I take Damian Cook, I backed my gut, I think that Cookie's going to come back out into form this year, um, I think he's going to be running out of the ruck again, I just, I went into the draft knowing there's a few guys that I'm keen on, and a guy like Jerome Hughes might on paper be the same guy, but I know that if I get into it, and Hughes and Cook are doing the same thing, and then I turn, and then Cook it's just exceeding me a little bit more, and it'll ride on my mind knowing that I didn't back my gut, and that's what's important to do. It was early. Some people might say 16's too early for Cookie. I, I don't feel that way at all, but I backed my gut there. I took a hooker, um, 
because I was able to secure my ceiling in Pappenhausen. So I came out of the second round with Pappy. Uh, then it went Jerome Hughes, Brandon Smith, Reed Marnie, and Matt Burton. And then into the third round, we got Benny Hunt, which at the time I thought was early. And then looking back, I think 21 might be a bit early, but when you consider that it wouldn't pick again for a little while, it kind of made sense to take him there if you wanted to get a halfback in. I, I don't love it, but especially considering Sam Walker goes <laughs> underneath him two picks later. But anyway, Benny Hunt went, Payne Haas went, Sam Walker went, and then KP dropped the 24. Cam Murray got picked up by the Donnies. Another guy. Uh, we drafted on the Monday after the Bulldogs game where TPJ had been sent off, and I just had the feeling that he was going to drop down draft boards because if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm kind of a bit of a stan of TPJ, <laughs> but um, what I did was I was able to see, okay, I think that I'm reading the room here that everyone thinks TPJ's a hothead, he's going to fall, I'm going to secure a Cam Murray, so I stacked Cam Murray and Cookie, because in my mind, if they're going to do well, they're going to do well together, they play under each other, you've heard me talk about it a million times, um, and that's where I went there, uh, right after Murray went Ryan Madison, Luke Keary, Reese Walsh, Will Kennedy, and then Isaiah Papali'i at 30. So that's kind of how the first three rounds went. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to run you through who I picked up for the rest of well, the rest of the draft. So uh, let me just find myself here. It's important that as I read out these guys, that you know, this isn't what you guys have to do. And to be honest, you guys aren't going to be able to do this. But as I go through, I'll kind of pick out the reasons why I picked them and stuff like that. So fourth, we go Pangai Jr., now, if there's ever been a definition of back in your gut, it's going to be here. Picking up Pangai at 36, I honestly think there's going to be value. Guru will rip my head off for it. Whisper will rip my head off for it. The rubbers probably rip my head off for it. You guys are probably sitting there thinking, what is he on about? Um, I think Guru put up a post. He said, uh, a sunny day doesn't make a summer. I just think he's going to get it together this year. And I know that sounds so crazy. Seeing what we've seen on Monday against the Bulldogs, sorry, playing for the Bulldogs against the Sharks, but I just think that it's going to happen this year for him. I think Gussie's going to, you know, get him in a check a bit, and Barrett's going to get him in a check a bit. Bulldogs did worry me in that game; they looked kind of like the same old Bulldogs. But um, Pangai is my guy. It's just going back to back in your gut. Uh, we then picked up Jerome Luai. I picked up Tyson Frizzell here, kind of. <sighs> I dare say I could have let him fall. I wasn't overly keen on Frizz. Um, I didn't mind either way. Um, just really quickly back on that Jerome Luai pick, I had the choice between SJ and Luai. I went with Luai, so if you're in a 50-50, the reason I went with Luai is because playing out on that left edge with what looks to be his best mate for a team that I think is going to you know, be top four again this year. Um, I think Matty Burton going away is a bit more influential for for Luai is going to be passing that last ball a bit more um well, I think we're going to see how we saw at the start of last year when he, his scores went off the handle I think we're going to see that a bit more without Matty Burton there uh, which sounds crazy but if you think about how good Matt is he just needs to be taking touches off Jerome to do that so with him gone I think that Jerome kind of settles in a bit more I like that SJ was dual but I just I'm looking Penrith Panthers and I'm looking uh the New Zealand Warriors and yeah all kind of explained itself, but Frizzell, yeah, I, there, it was kind of a safety blanket move, I saw that I had TPJ, I saw that I had Murray, and I'm like, oh, in a pinch, if my second row forward pack is Frizzell, even though I knew I was going to be playing Pangai in front row, I just thought, if this doesn't go to plan, and I have to play Pangai at second row, I don't think there's going to be another group of blokes in this league that has a better second row forward pack than me, um, and obviously, you probably want the best ceiling, and rah, 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 but I knew in that moment, if I got Frizz, I'm probably playing finals because that team's going to plot along all year doing what it needs to do. 
And this whole year off season, I've been saying to you guys, I don't really have much of a plan going in. I take the best guys off the board. But as to tell the truth, as I've been thinking about it more and more, as you guys have been hitting me up more and more and more, the second rowers do interest me, especially the ones that can run. And I think having those three second rowers locked in is good. <laughs> now, I'm not saying go out and pick a second rower no matter what, but if there's a guy there and you can lock in the three, I think what's good for me is then I can trade away a second rower and feel comfortable knowing I got two guys in there and I can throw in a bit of a project guy as well. So that's my idea. Like I don't say secure your spine and I'm not actually saying secure your second rows, but in, in my previous uh, drafts, if I've had a killer, killer second row forward pack, if I got three there and I can fill it with three guns, it does help being able to move guys on because you know that your base is going to be there every week. Um, after that, I started to see there was a bit of a run on center wings, and I didn't want to freak out. But playing back into this, uh, not base stats, but security stats, I picked up Val Holmes, and then I picked up Corey Thompson, and then I picked up Jordan Rapiner. Now, these are guys that I feel like most weeks are going to get me 55 to 60 in my center wing, but they all do have the potential to go big too. If the Cows have a good game, I know you're laughing at me. If the Cows have a good game, Val will be kicking the goals. Corey Thompson, I've put up posts about him before. Surprising stats, very surprising stats. And if the Titans uh, make a push for the eight, I think a fair whack of stuff's going to go through him. And Jordan Rapiner, well, yeah, you've probably listened to that podcast I did with Whisperer where I was a bit cold on him. Well, in that podcast, he kind of changed my mind a little bit and we're down at pick number 85. I think Jordan Rapin is great value there. Um, and then the next pick, I picked up Selwyn Cobo. Now, if you're looking at my top 60, I think I put Selwyn in round four or five. I genuinely feel this way. I think that this kid could explode. Uh, six foot two, you go back and look at his uh, scores from Queensland Cup. They're just ridiculous. He averaged about 180 run meters a game. He was an 18-year-old playing man, but it looked like it was flipped the other way around. It looked like a man running around against some under-16s. This kid is starting to excite me. I have seen Corey Parker come out and say that he won't be playing fullback round one against South with Tessie Newout. That is a feeling that some people have. Um, well, that's obviously Corey Parker's opinion, so I, I definitely take that as what the answer is going to be. A guy that's in and around the Broncos club and does everything, so I will have to put stock into the idea that Selwyn's not going to be playing fullback. But I think sitting out on that left edge, sorry, that right edge with uh, Tony Staggs and bloody Adam Reynolds, um, the, the raw potential, the raw talent that that kid has, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I look at those four guys that I've got in my center wings He's my favorite. He's the one that's exciting me the most, and I picked him up last. Um, yeah, he's really getting me going. I'm, I'm, I'm high, high, high on selling Cabo coming into draft weekend. And if you're drafting, I, I'm penciling him in as a guy that you can't leave your draft without. Um, could blow up in my face. Kid could average 35. But just as a raw potential upside sneak attack that you could do on your draft mates here, um, a guy that, yeah, realistically, you could do a massive sneak attack because uh, people are unsure on him. His average from last year does not exist. Um, yeah, he's, he's my guy this year in my home league. I'm not leaving without him. Um, then we took on CYC Watakiao. Um, now you're probably starting to realize I don't have a halfback. Um, what happened here was I was waiting and waiting and waiting because I was the only guy that didn't have a halfback left. And I pushed my luck, fellas. <laughs> I definitely pushed my luck. Uh, I had Sexy on the board. Toby Sexton, my guy. Um, I had him on the board and on the board and on the board. Even when I took Takiyaho, I thought... All right, it's probably time to lock in sexy, but in my mind, no one needed a halfback. And then it got to pick 12, and I'm like, all right, 
well, you should probably take in Sexy now. But when I took Takiyaho, I realized Pangai and Takiyaho in the front row. I'm missing that second row forward spot. Who's available in second row? Nah, I probably should take Sexy. Nah, I probably should take Sexy. And I, I, for whatever reason, went rogue, boys. And I took Victor Radley <laughs> over my boy, Toby Sexton. And what happened is as soon as I took Radley, my phone, my phone started blow, blowing up from those bloody headbin boys telling me that Sexton was gone. He was all theirs. Um, broke my heart. So Sexton went, um, and I picked up Luke Brooks instead. Now, <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Sexy could be big. He could be everything that I'm saying he's going to be. But for right now, I don't feel any less confident <laughs> with Lukey Brooks in my team instead of Toby Sexton. I love the idea of Sexy blowing up. I love the idea of riding him, of him being my guy and me having him. But realistically, Luke Brooks and Toby Sexton could turn out to be the same guy. So it is what it is. Um, then we get to our bench, right? So uh, my idea here was I was going to pick up Ezra Mann and then Lockie Ilias as well. And then whoever's playing, if Ezra gets the spot, maybe I'll play him. If Lockie Ilias is doing okay, maybe I'll play him. And if Brooksy continues to be a 55 guy, he gets the spot. So I take Ezra Mann instead of Lockie Ilias and then what do you know? Lockie Elias goes off the board. Ezra Mam, if you don't know about him, young kid, uh, does have a top 30 spot at the Broncos this year. People are talking he might be playing fullback, but I, I do feel like they're going to throw it at David Mead or someone like that while Tessie News out. But there's also talk that he might be wearing that six jersey to play next to Reynolds. Big ass for a young fella. Billy Walters should get the job, but in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I don't really have a locked-in halfback. I don't really have a locked-in halves pairing, similar to the Broncos. So, hey, maybe I will ride with Ezra Mam on my bench. He's a kid that excites me. And that's what I was doing in this draft, guys. I, ta- I was taking punts because none, no one at this stage was blowing me out of the water in value. So I'm like, oh, I might take some punts here. And if they go to the waivers in two weeks, they go to the waivers in two weeks. And if they don't, well, I've done well on the backhand of this draft. So I took Ezra Mam. Uh, then we took Jordan Pereira, who, if you're in this world and you listen to Guru talk about him, uh, Dan and Ken from Bloke and Abar obviously talk about him. Big raps on him. I watched him play both trials in a Bronco side that looked bang bloody average, especially against those cows in the second year of the five-year plan. Um, they looked bang average. But Jordan Pereira, I feel like, was a bit of a shining light. Get him in, see what he can do. I picked up Jack Howworth, Howworth, another another one of Guru's guys. Jeez, might as well have been Guru doing this bloody draft, shouldn't I? But... um. Another guy I'm not overly keen on. We'll see what happens TLT if he gets the minutes. He's a kid with a lot of potential. Um, number 17, Franklin Pele. Jeez, anyone else watch him run that ball up in that Sharks-Bulldogs game? Uh, might have something to do with it. it was the same day. But another kid that's got a lot of potential, runs hard, can probably do a lot of minutes in a team that doesn't have a completely locked-in forward pack. Um, could find himself in some minutes. Could find himself having a couple big games. Could find himself being a nice little bit of trade bait, I think. And then the last pick of the draft was Paseca from the Manly Sea Eagles. I think he most likely has that starting spot at Manly um, locked in. I think at pick 176 is great value. If he doesn't turn out, he doesn't turn out. If he does, he does well. I think he had a few games last year. He's averaging 60, 70. Yeah, that was the draft, boys. Uh, so listen, a lot of that was just names to you. They're the guys that I went in and I was happy with. I did not have a list picking this. I was going heads up, Cliffy Lyons style, and I felt comfortable doing so. I've absorbed a lot of information. I've put out a lot of bloody content, and I felt good. And I think I'm going to go into this home draft for the first time in five years, four years without a bloody list. I'm going in just off the dime. Do I recommend it? Nah. Have a list. I, to be honest, obviously my laptop will be up. I'll have it there, but I will be vibing it, I think, um, 
just remember those core things. Stay liquid. A lot of you guys are sending me spreadsheets and Excels of this is who goes in this round, this is who goes in this round, and I love it. I love the Excel, boys. I love getting into it. Get prepared. Get ready. Be like water. When it goes to shit, don't stick to your plan. Have a look around. You have to get up out of your bubble every now and then and be like, all right, what's actually going around? Who actually needs what here? Don't push your luck as much as I do with sexy, but you look around and you go, all right, well, I do need a 5-8, but no one else does. So maybe I can lock in the center wing that everyone's chasing right now. But if you just stick to your plan and you go, this is a seventh round guy and I won't reach for him. Yeah, that's where you get into a little bit of trouble, I feel. So be like water. Stay, 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 stay afloat. Stay liquid. Keep moving around. Um, number two, get your guys. If you've got a gut feeling, don't let last year's average of three points less than the guy on the board right now sway your judgment. If there's a guy you've seen in the trials, if there's a guy that you've got a good gut feeling about, a guy that you've seen me post about, a guy you've seen any of these boys post about, grab him. If you think he's a guy that can do something for you, grab him. Don't be looking at last year's average and being like, oh, he averaged 56 and he this bloke only averaged 47 last year. If he's a guy that you think's got potential, get your guy. Definitely get your guy. And last but not least, stay hydrated, boys. <laughs> if you, obviously, if you're not 18, probably not so much. But make sure you get around the boys. If you, if you can do it in person, do it in person. If you can do a live draft, hey, maybe get on a Zoom call, Facebook Messenger. And at the very least, if you can't be talking to people, be spamming a group chat, boys. Most importantly, have fun. The footy's back. Drafts this weekend. Uh, beer soon. Rah, rah, rah. What do we got coming up this week? Monday night, uh, Sunday night, I'll be going live with Roasty. Monday night, I'm recording with the bloody brilliant beers boys at the Hallow Turf of the Caxton Hotel. Uh, Tuesday night, I've got the Trial Line podcast coming on. Wednesday night, I'm gracing the beautiful fields of Oztag once again after all these floods. Uh, Thursday night, uh, obviously going to go live with the Supercoach Whisperer doing a lockdown, lockout draft show, uh, sorry, lockout classic show. So come join us on YouTube. And then Friday next week, Bloody huge one. Andy Raymond has come on the podcast, giving us his top three hot takes coming into the season. We recorded it today. Let me tell you, the ultimate professional absolutely nailed it. Smash it out of the park. Dare I say, best one we've done yet? Dare I say, comes close to the mustache theory with that last one that he gave me, that third hot take. You'll have to wait a week for it, but Jesus, it is good. So boys, have a good weekend. Have a great draft. I'll talk to you all very soon. Um, yeah, just have fun with it, lads. That's the most important thing. Uh, and let me know how you go too. If you need help over the weekend, I will be in cell service. If you if you're doing a slow draft, hit me up. We'll talk about it. Um, and send me those draft teams too, boys. Absolutely, send me those draft teams. I'd love to rip into them and tell you who you send the waivers. Anyway, lads, I've wasted enough of your time. Cheers.